0: That was weird. All right. So we're in a series called Now and Forever. And what I'm talking about in this series is the amazing life that we have in Christ, full and abundant, now and forever. And, you know, we, we started back uh, some weeks ago now, and we talked about John 10, 10. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. Uh, and, and so that's where we get the idea of a full and abundant now and forever life. And We also know from that verse we have an enemy who's trying to steal that away from us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we need to know what this life looks like so we can engage it all in to impact not only ourselves but the world around us. And that the other picture we're we're looking at in this is that this life actually flows from the very throne of the living God. John didn't quite know how to describe eternal life. He uses a picture of water, of river, uh, this, this life coming, and it flows from the throne of God into us as believers in Christ, and then it's to continue to flow out of us into the world around us to draw them into this amazing now and forever life. All of those things are working together. So that's what we're looking at, uh, and we've, we've talked over the last few weeks uh, about one passage of Scripture where it says, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and we're digging in right now to love your neighbor as yourself. We, we really talked about loving God all in, and we, we started that last week. What does it mean to love ourselves? What does it mean to love our neighbors? And uh, we sort of left it last week with the reality that where we really experience life is, is when it becomes more than about us, and we, we begin to purposely move into the lives of others for the sake of the kingdom, that that's when it all begins to happen, and I want to talk some more about that today. That's the intro. Transition, always a bad joker. Dude, these are very bad. Uh, somebody sent me this one. It's very bad, and I wanted to share it with you. What do uh, toilet paper and numbers have in common? Both can be multiplied. 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 I told you it was bad, I'm just sharing it, passing it on. This one I really do like, though. How do crabs get around on land? They use the sidewalk. (laughs) Isn't that great? Yeah, I knew you would like that. (laughs) Okay. So, here's the deal. Um, we, We talked about this fulfilled life happens as we begin to move out into the world around us. But the reality is, as we start to do those things, as we live outside of ourselves and move beyond ourselves, and we want to go and bless people and help people and serve people, we will meet with some resistance. Uh, How many of you, so I want to be careful how I phrase this. How many of you know that, that people can sometimes be difficult? Anyone? No, not you? Okay. Maybe it's just me. So Sometimes, you know, your heart, you want to go out and bless people and stuff, but there's, there's resistance. Like, they don't receive it the way you think they might, or they're, and it's, it gets hard. And, and, and what we will do sometimes is we'll go, well, I get that that's a good idea, but forget that. It's not worth it. It's, it's you know, but I'm just, and so we can retreat back into our own lives and back into the safety of our own walls. But then what happens is we miss the reality of this life, where we're going to find it is in that mix. See, so so part of the reason that we we get this sort of resistance, or I like to call it pushback, because of the enemy. See, he knows he doesn't want us living life. He the, he if. So he didn't want us to come to Christ, but he lost that battle already with us who believe, right? He tried to keep us blind. He couldn't do it. Now, if he does not want you to live a full and abundant life because it impacts people for the kingdom all around you. So he's going to try and stop it. And so if he can toss up a little resistance in the beginning, he will. And you go, well, I'm not going to do that because it, it can be difficult. But see, we have to know it's an attack, so we press through it. Remember, it's not people. Our battle is never against flesh and blood something much different. So we have to be aware of that. And what we have to be aware of to embrace this part of this life is the love and the power of God. And so I want to talk about the love and the power of God today and how that impacts our lives. The scripture reading is from Ephesians 3. It's a pretty long chunk. I'm going to read from verse 13 through the second verse of chapter 4. But you'll see how it talks about um, the love and power of God. And Paul, when he writes, he writes really long sentences anyway. So there's uh, there's some things that we're going to pull out of here and put it in context with what's going on. So let's read, beginning in verse 13. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you... As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So I wanted to read you that whole thing. You know, just because the chapter changed there from 3 to 4, the thought didn't. Remember, we the, the, the numbering system in the Bible was added way later than it was originally written. Paul finishes that prayer and then adds those couple of verses. It's still the same thought. So let's talk about it what's going on and why Paul is writing this to the Ephesians. So when you're, when you're reading Paul's letters, you can always get more information by looking at the book of Acts because the second half of the book of Acts records Paul's journeys and what's going on. And so we can find out what was going on with the church in Ephesus by looking through what was happening when Paul went there, which is in Acts chapter 19. And what we learn is that, that uh, Paul shows up in Ephesus and the first thing he does is he goes and preaches in the synagogue because that's what he always did, first to the Jew. And then when they kick him out, which they do everywhere he goes, after a little bit of time, they'll kick him out. He'll go to the Gentiles. Um, He preaches to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles, some of them come to faith in Christ, and the church in Ephesus is uh, started at that point in time. That's how it sort of happened. Now, the Ephesian church um, is interesting uh, uh, because the people in Ephesus already had um, a form of religion. It was a false religion, but they were, they were very false religious in that they believed in um, little G gods. Uh, and they had lots of different gods in Ephesus and lots of different idols. And the thought in, in Ephesus was that if you could sort of figure out your little G god, your god that you worshipped, and you could get in their good graces, that that little god would make things go well for you in life. So, so that was their thought coming in. But Paul comes in and he preaches Christ and he says there is one God, only one God. He's bigger than all your little g-gods and he's the one that you need to believe in. And it says that many of them come to Christ and begin the church. Um, it impacts them to the point where it says in Acts 19 that those people who came and believed actually burned their witchcraft books, their books of sorcery and magic and stuff, brought it together, burned it, recorded it in the scripture. It's a big event. It said, hey, they're in, they, they know now from Paul there is one God and he's a, he's a big God. How many of you know that when you first come into the kingdom, and after a while, uh, even as you continue in the kingdom, you bring a lot of your stuff with you that you believe before you come to know Jesus? That you have a whole family way of thinking of things, and a cultural way of thinking of things, and, and all sorts of other things are in you, and you bring that with you into the kingdom, and some of it's okay, and some of it's not. Well, the, the people in Ephesus certainly brought some of that in with them, and they still sort of were hanging on to the idea that, okay, now that we figured out who God really is, and he's the all-powerful God, and he's the, the most amazing God, things really ought to go well now. Well, well, Paul is writing to them at this point in time because they found out that Paul is in prison, and it shakes them to the core. Because, Paul, you're the guy who talks about this amazing God who does all these amazing things, who's full of power and love. What in the world are you doing in prison? And maybe none of it's real, uh, and, and they begin to lose heart. So Paul writes to them because they're discouraged and he has to explain to them what's going on so they see the bigger picture. And and that's what we need to see in this whole process. So he starts with this, point number one. He tells them, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Ephesians 3.13, I ask you therefore not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Now that's just messing them up because they're like, dude, you're in prison. You're really suffering. So, you know, it's not... It's not so much us that's suffering, it's you. And how in the world can that be for our glory? Because you're in prison. We're actually coming to... We're really struggling with this whole God thing at the moment. And and uh, he says, listen, what you need to know about God is that He's so much bigger than some of the temporary circumstances that we face that, that if you if you don't know Him... In, in the reality of who he is and that he's a God of love and power, you're going to miss this life because sometimes we're going to deal with some difficult circumstances in this life. They're just part of living in a fallen world on a broken planet. So Paul is able to tell them that there's things going on that are bigger than what they can see. And so he he does this. He starts to pray for them. And and it starts the, the prayer for them starts in verse 14 where Paul says, for this reason I kneel before the Father. He's saying, listen, I'm going to get really serious here. Most uh, times, you know, when you read about, uh, particularly in the Jewish culture, when they prayed, they prayed standing up. When they hit their knees, it was a pretty significant deal. He's making a point. So you're discouraged. You're getting discouraged. I need to pray for you. And and here's what I'm going to pray. From whom his whole family in heaven on earth derive its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now that word there, power is the word uh, dunamis, and, and it's a capable power. And he's saying, I, I, I want, the, I'm praying that, that God's capable power uh, is going to strengthen you in your inner being. Now, this capable power is fascinating. And so I want to just step for a moment and talk about it and what it looks like. Um, so, so most of us now, you know, are, are sort of familiar with superheroes, right? I mean, I know that they don't exist, but we watch it. I don't know. uh, We watch those movies. I I like some of those movies. I think they're fun. Uh, Alice and I, we watch movies. um, And then, you know, these things happen. So, like, uh, we went and saw recently the the Justice League movie because we heard it was good. But, see, when you watch the Justice League movie, what you find out is there's, like, 37 movies before that that you have to watch in order for the whole thing to make sense. And I'm a little, you know, stuck that way. I, I, I don't want to start. I want to go back to the beginning and somehow watch them all, and then I lose interest two or three movies in. But nonetheless, Justice League, we needed to sort of catch up on the Superman movies. Uh, and so it's fun. So when Alice and I watch a movie, so, you know, um, so, so we start a movie about 6.30 at night, and, and you think, well, that's all early. Not for us, because like 8 o'clock, I'm done, all right? So 6.30 movie, I'm actually asking her, how long is this movie? It's 6.30. I may not make it till the end of this movie. Now, I get up very early, so so it's not like, well, Vali doesn't sleep. But, so we'll talk about it, and then, so it's funny. So we'll sit down to, to watch this movie, and we'll have that discussion. Well, how long is it? Okay, so let's <coughs> let's turn it on. And she'll crochet, and I'll, I'll sit there, and, and if it's, you know, a good movie, I, I might pay attention. But if it's not, you know, I'll drift all over the place. My mind will wander, and she'll be crocheting, and so she's not paying attention. And she's constantly asking me, what they say? And I'm like... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they said. She's like, aren't you watching a movie? Well, kind of. Are, are you? what they say? We don't know. We don't know what's going on anymore. Allison, I, I, we, I, we've been married 35 years now, which is, which is great. But I read somewhere that, that 90% of marriage is shouting what from another room. What? What? Now, is what you said important enough that I'm supposed to get out of this room? and go to that room are you going to come in and tell me or will you just shout it louder now i don't know i'm a little confused we actually did this thing so we tur- i told you i was going to do this too It's one of my things this year new year we turned on the subtitles on the tv because i wanted to have more reading time and uh, i find it kind of keeps me a little more engaged what they say well hang on a minute i know Subtitles in life could be handy. <laughs> okay, so I, I digress really bad. Um, so this 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 power, this capable power that's going on. Um, so, like, when you watch a super, so they have certain powers. So, you know, Superman can fly. He can do some other stuff, too. Superman can fly. That's kind of his deal. Uh, uh, Batman, um, you know, in one of those recent movies, that he, they asked him what his superpower was. He says, I just have a lot of money. I don't really have any superpower. Uh, Flash was in the movie. He can just run really fast. But, you know, Batman can't fly and, and, and the Flash can't fly. Um, so, so, But, but the, the reality is, is you know, whatever their power, it's, it's limited to the things that they can do with it. What Paul is saying here is, I want you to be strengthened with a power that is capable of doing something in your life. And, and what that is, he says, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit wants you to know the power of God moving through you, wants you to know the love of Christ. See, he, that's what you need to get a hold of in this life. And that's what he's praying for. I'm praying that this power will come on you so that you will know the love of of Christ because we have to know that in order to live the kind of life that we're talking about to move beyond sort of the you know the the kind of getting through we have to know the love of God and, and so we have to know that that's happening and and that he loves us in a very very real way in this process and so he's praying that they would begin to know that the love of God and see when we were watching the Superman movie so there's a couple of scenes where Lois Lane is in trouble and uh, I'm not going to spoil the movies for you. So anyway, uh, she's in trouble. And and she's, it's not like she's not stressed at all. She's a little stressed. You know, some bad guy has her or something like that. But you can tell what she's thinking is, you know, wait a minute. You don't know who my boyfriend is. See, here's, here's the thing. Paul's praying that you would know the love of God so that no matter what situation you're in, at some point you will go, yeah, but you don't know who my dad is. And how much He loves me. And and listen how He describes it. This is so amazing. You've got to pick this up. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge or understanding so that you may be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. Paul's praying that you would know how much God loves you so that no matter what's going on in your life, you can still look at it and go, but he loves me so much. And he loves me so much that even if this situation is going to stretch me a little and pull me a little, he's allowing that to happen because he loves me and he's going to use it for his good. He's not causing the difficulties, but he's using them in our life To allow us to experience and enjoy the fulfilled life that He's called us to. And when we get that, that we can always go, Yeah, He loves me so much. It allows us to to move out in ways that that can impact the world around us. And it reminds us all the time, secondly, that God is able. So we can settle in the love of God, we need to know the power of God. Ephesians 3.20 and 21. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine... According to His power that is at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We touched on this verse earlier in this series. More than we can ask or imagine, God is able. He's he's so powerful. He's all-powerful. And so that power is available to us more than we can think or imagine in this whole process. And, And so you think, well, what does that look like? The Apostle Paul explains it. Um, and he's writing another letter while he's in prison. He's, he writes to the Ephesians, but he also writes to the Philippians. And in the Philippians, in chapter 4, he says this. As he, as he begins in verse 1. He says, you know, it's the wildest thing. I'm... I'm I, you know, I'm in prison. I get it. But what's happening is the entire guard that's watching over me, they're all getting saved. They're all coming to Jesus. I've been leading them to Jesus, and they've been leading one another to Jesus, and revival is breaking out in the Roman guard that's watching over me, and they're impacting the world around us, and, and people are coming in to visit me, and I'm encouraging them, and they're going out and spreading the gospel. He said, you, you, it's the craziest thing, but God is using me here in this amazing way. Even though I'm in prison, I don't really want to be here, but God's using me in the most amazing way that you can imagine, And and you think, well, how in the world can somebody sort of figure that out? Paul Paul actually says, look, I've learned the secret. And he goes on in Philippians 4.13 when he says, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. I can do all things through Him. What an amazing thing. He writes in that same chapter. You should go and read it. It doesn't matter if I've got all that I need or I don't have anything that I need. If I've got clothes or if I don't have clothes, if it's warmer, if it's colder, if it's, I'm hungry or not, or fed or satisfied, it doesn't matter. I've, I've figured it out. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. I understand that God loves me and that He has power to do whatever He needs to do in the situation. And, and, it's, and it's fascinating how He gets that. And He goes on, He says this too. See, point number three is, We have to live beyond our own abilities. So I want you to write that down. Then I want to read you verse 1, chapter 4. So he says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you receive. Uh, Because you might miss that if you don't catch it. So he's a prisoner. Who's he saying he's a prisoner of? See, he says, I'm not, you know, I know the Romans think I'm their prisoner. I know maybe they think they've got me stuck here. But if I'm in prison, I'm a prisoner for the Lord, and God is going to use this thing in ways that I couldn't even imagine. It's not my favorite deal. I want to be out there doing all these other things, but God is just doing it through me. And I'm not going to miss a moment of this life because God's going to use me no matter what the situation because I know he loves me, and I know he's able, and I'm going to rest in that, rest in that. And he says, from there, he says, you know what? You go and then live a life worthy of your calling. You go and live this thing out in the world around you. Walk out the calling to which you've been called. And this is how you do it. Be completely humble and gentle. Verse 2, be patient, bearing with one another in love. All humility, all gentleness, all patience, bearing with one another in love. See, we can't do that if we're, if we're sort of stuck in our own way of living. We have to get outside that. We know that God is bigger than those things. We know that He loves us with this amazing love, that He's for us and that He's got us. And He wants us to move into this world humble and gentle and patient and bearing with one another in love. You can't live that way if it's still all about you. Because then every little thing that happens, you're going to take personally. Paul could have taken it going, now I'm in prison. God, where are you? I'm, I'm doing your thing. I'm your dude. I'm your guy. I'm here. I'm preaching. I'm praying. I'm just spreading the, everywhere. Prison, really? And, and he never took that. He was like, I'm not a, I'm, God, I'm yours. You've got me right where you want me. You're going to use me right where I'm at. See, that's the love of God. That's the power of God. And we need to understand that. So I wanted you to take some time and really think about the power and love of God this week and what a difference it makes in our lives so that we can live beyond ourselves, make a difference in the world around us. Amen? Ministry team. Those of you here, why don't you head over the wall? People on the way over that wall are here to pray for you. Let me pray for you as a group, and then we can have breakfast in this minute. Father, thank you for your amazing love for us. You are such an awesome, awesome God. Thank you for this life that you have for us, now and forever. And help us to engage in this life, to impact the world around us for you. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again today for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. Ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer for anything today, the folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationship, problems, finances, situations, whatever. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that today as well, too. It's a matter of humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us. You've sinned. Ask him to, to forgive you, which he'll do. And then in faith, accepting Jesus into your heart and into your life as your Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, I want to encourage you, do it today. Best decision you will ever make. If you need help, go and ask someone. Say, I want to know Jesus. And they'll help you through that prayer. over there. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay in our bracket with us, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody that makes it possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service today, God, that they might hear about your love for them as well. Praise God from whom all... Ble- Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dead. Prayer is there. Breakfast is in the back. As you go, drive safely. Let your gentleness be evident to all in the parking lot. (laughs) Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye.